Yo, Creator Destructor Podcast, back, episode 46, with uh, half of the amazing Scalp. Do you two want to introduce yourselves real quick and tell uh, the folks what you do? My name is Cole Sattler. I shred bass. Uh, Devin Fuentes. I play guitar and do some backup vocals. There you go. All right. Try to pull that mic. You're good. I'm watching the levels, but uh, pull it closer. close as close as you can, unless it sticks or it okay. fucks with you. Word. Well, you heard it here first. You got fucking Cole and Devin ripping in Oakland. Uh, why'd you come up to Oakland? Oh, you're getting gear? You're, yeah. You're so training um, some gear or something? We're good friends with uh, the band Praying yeah. in Oakland. And uh, they have some gear that we want. We have some gear that they want. So we're doing an exchange. Mm-hmm. We've kind of swapped gear and been inspired by each other's like perspective on what gear to use and stuff like that for a long time. Something that we talk about a lot. And... Um, so yeah, we were just already making a trip up here and then thought we'd hit you up about the podcast and stuff. Yeah, man, I was down. Yeah, gear is like a, a big thing for you guys. Even in the promo photos, like there's also, you know, the the uh, the cabs and the amps in the in the like desert or whatever, and that's a very cool thing. But like uh, what about like gear do you feel like has like enhanced your guys' tones or sound or anything? Like how deep like do you uh do you do you like find that as a big role in your sound, you know, people are very tone conscious, some bands, some, you know, like I feel like in a Kurt Ballard kind of way, he's always like innovating and like coming up with guitars or amps that are like, will serve their sound better. But like, do you feel like you align with that? Is that kind of your thing? Yeah. Um, I think like when I first started getting serious about playing in a band, like I just went through a lot of different, especially like amplifiers and got into kind of the amplifier worship kind of mentality. Like I got, really into like sun heads and I don't know, getting like really weird. I don't know. I had way too much gear, but now I'm kind of like a little bit more minimalist, but I, I do, I do think a lot about like when I'm putting together a record and stuff, like how do I want it to sound and what do I want to use? And, um, I'm kind of at this point, I'm no longer really married to owning a lot of stuff, but at the same time, like I will kind of change what I have based on what I want to do. Yeah. So I think I think it does definitely change like how we write music and everything. I think I think gear is just like fascinating and especially just like old tube amps and stuff and stuff that you can't really replicate. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And I've been like uh, I've been less of a gearhead than I kind of would want over the years. because I feel like mm-hmm. I like I could have done better on certain records, whatever, if I had like, you know, dug a little further. But with heavy music, it's like super important. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. you can really make shit sound heavier and like, you know, uh, part of Taylor's role in that with the record, too, is like, you know, his tones, his like strings. And I love his drums, too. But, yeah. you know, it's like he's he's super good at that, too. So it depends on the producer as well. But, yeah, I mean, you know, gear's dope. I'm glad, you know, because sometimes you see bands live and like that's why I'm super excited to see you guys live is that like it feels like it's going to be a wall of sound like, you know, like stacked and like um before I get too into the weeds about like uh, the dynamics of your sound, like cause one guitar player and all that, uh-huh. like, uh, yeah, I just, I was going to say like, I'm just very excited for that, but um, you know, to, to, to witness the, uh, the power and all that shit. Totally. Cause the bass tone seems heavy as fuck too. It's like even the, you know, on the record and in that video, even the cult nation, like live stream, like it was sick. So I'm excited to see that, but uh, I'm going to st- start from the top a little bit before we get, uh, 
into the nitty gritty but like domestic extremity for people who don't know i released on creative destructor records and it came out like six months ago ish now and um we're on like the third pressing which is super fucking mm -hmm. awesome which by the time this is out it'll be announced but we're announcing that tomorrow the third pressing um but like yeah what are your feelings about the record now it's been out and uh reviewed and you know taken in and all that stuff i mean obviously it's been a great reaction but i'm just curious on like how you guys feel about it yeah i mean it's i'm not really surprised like i we fucking love and believe in what we do but it's it's really fucking nice to just have somebody like pay attention you know and just like we just want to play fucking heavy shit and have people like bang their heads to it you know yeah so the more people that are down like that just makes me fucking happy like i'm ecstatic about it especially I, in europe yeah. too like i don't have much experience with europe yeah you guys gotta get over there once the world returns you know hopefully next year or something but uh yeah i mean that's a great fucking attitude but i really wish you were gonna say like like i'm you know just because we're sick, dude. We're just hella sick. I don't know what to say. Like, I mean, yeah, we're fucking sick. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what Tsunami would say. We're just like, I don't give a fuck. This is the shit. But uh, yeah, no. Um, but anyways, yeah. What about you, dude? How are you feeling? What's, um, what's the uh, what's the vibe? Well, I mean, just writing the record and like basically putting together the riffs and stuff. I just re really, it's just a record that I wanted to listen to. You know, that's yeah. kind of how I approach. I think writing music is that I put together something that I wish like my favorite bands did yeah. or, or maybe inspired by my favorite bands or something. So, I mean, I play it, I listen to it all the time and like just getting like being able to make the record was such a fun process. It was like just being a gearhead and like walking into a room full of amps and being like, which ones do I want to like try out was yeah. awesome. I mean, literally like all my dream amps were yeah. over there at the available pit. Yeah, yeah yeah and i could plug into anything it's just the entire studio is just fucking shaking and we had um actually a, a breaker go out or like the power went out because we we're oh, recording right. three. It, was, it was too fucking the riffs were just too crazy dude yeah yeah the riffs are too crazy don't mind me i'm just monitoring this shit it's cool we're professionals here at the podcast so, so uh wait, keep talking don't worry there we go. I'm pointing up so your beautiful face is in the shot, too. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, just... It was three 200-watt heads into a 412 and two 612s, and that was recorded with... So, that was tracked once and then tracked again for the other side. Doesn't he do that in his house? Isn't it the well, studio, like, attached to his house? It's at it? his house, but it's basically, like, a separate... Um, building it's like you know the garage or something yeah. like the garage i think the garage door doesn't open anymore it's like sealed and yeah. soundproofed and stuff still props to you know taylor's partner or family whoever might be there with him <laughs> deal with fucking bands like scalp just ripping in the garage it's honestly surprisingly yeah. insulated dead silent okay outside. Yeah, yeah yeah like he's an expert you wouldn't know that a band is playing there recording or anything unless you were like you know right standing right yeah. outside yeah that's dope. That's yeah. dope. Yeah, I want to ask you about, all about the recording and the process, but <coughs> excuse me. But um, I was going to share my thoughts <coughs> on the record a little bit because I revisited it today. I mean, you know, I've obviously heard it cool. numerous times and spun the actual vinyl since we pressed it a lot. Um, especially, I've gotten a lot of friends hyped on the shit too. Like when homies are here, I pl I play that record often. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, they they love it. You know, for reasons that 
most people seem to be drawn to the band and myself when Taylor initially sent me the record. Like, what I noticed today when I was re-listening was like, I mean, A, the production rules. It's very fitting. Like, the drums especially. I'm a drummer. And it's like that snare. It just, like, it reminds me of, like, East Coast hardcore, like, late 90s. Or it's just got, or, like, you know, slam kind of death metal type shit. Uh-huh. But, like, I love the snare tone. I love that his drums are not super bottom endy, and that he leaves the guitars and bass to kind of like do that, mm-hmm. so that it sounds like a real band playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, man, I was noticing like you, what, the band like is a hybrid of many genres, or many meaning you know a handful in the extreme music world. But uh-huh. I usually fucking hate when bands do that, but you guys do it seamlessly, and it's also got like an overtone of death metal, which a lot of bands like don't have. But I was like, man, there's like what's so great. Um, and props to your drummer for this is that like I don't know if it's in your songwriting or in his choices but there's so many different kinds of beats and there's so much variation on the record with certain like stream bands like you know you have tracks some of my favorite tracks are the ones with like you know that rip between like the 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 napalm death blast beat into d beats and it's like really like grindy like fast sections yeah but then you have like two steppy parts you know like granted they're not like breakdowns but they're like you have mid-tempo like stomp parts you you have a few breakdowns you like you just have um you've made many choices within like the heaviness of your sound and your riffs and it yeah. just leaves you like you know also it's like a short record it's not like a super long record um the feedback in between all the tracks is very convergy it's like it keeps it like going and makes you feel you know on your toes and all that shit um but yeah man it's just like a really diverse heavy record um while still feeling like a, a hardcore death metal record totally. and i mean like hardcore slash death metal record you know what i mean Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, I mean, I fucking love it. I'm stoked it's doing so well, you know, especially because, uh, you know, this band kind of like came about like right before COVID, yeah. like right before this shit happened. So, you know, um, I'm just curious on, you know, your thoughts about what's going to go down after shit returns and shows happen. Like, what is where are you guys' heads at and all that stuff? I mean, I think the consensus kind of between all of us is like we're really eager for shows to start happening again, but also there's this attitude with us that like, we don't want to play a show unless it's the full fucking scalp experience. Like, I don't think any of us want to play like a socially distanced show. Like, Oh, for sure. When the time is right, like it's going to be right for us. Like, yeah, fuck all that. Like a social distance, you know, heavy show just doesn't. Yeah. But that being said, like, we're fucking ready. Yeah. Like, and also we have a ton of new gear that we all want to hear live. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Soaked on that. to hear the old gear live. So. I know. You guys are just making changes without yeah. ever fucking testing it on the road. No, but it's good. I mean, obviously, they're, I'm sure they're smart, uh, you know, moves and all that shit. I'm sure it's going to sound crushing. But, yeah, I mean, like, are there places you want to tour? Are there certain things you want to do specifically? Um, I mean, we have to hit the West Coast first. First and foremost. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If, we don't, if we don't, like... I don't know, spend some time in Cali, like really doing our rounds, then I feel like we'd be doing a disservice to yeah. Cali. <laughs> yeah, you got to do those SoCal, like NorCal weekends. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there there are bands that want to play with us, and like, like no one even really fucking knows who we are besides like the record that we did. Like, we don't have a lot of homies in the hardcore scene just because like, you know, we've been in the music community, like throwing shows and like promoting like old bands, hosting touring bands, etc. And like, putting out records especially him and i together in our past Mm -hmm. bands but um but it's like i was just doing this podcast with um jamie orc and it was 
like i think the biggest thing was like he was like i'm from orange county and i don't know you <laughs> i don't know yeah. any of you and i had to like find out who you guys are and like how to even get in contact with you guys and yet you like put out this record that like people like which is but, cool but is orange county like a, a spread out like sprawling scene or i mean i thought it would be yeah. pretty like within the kind of sh the genres that we fuck with well i think that's an, another reason why he was surprised was basically that it's a small scene but it's yeah. it's a small okay. but active scene yeah but it's um it's like you kind of do your rounds and you know the people there yeah you know i felt like that in the past actually like with past bands like light the city when we started in the early 2000s and um you know other projects where i'm just like like uh i've never been like a social butterfly or the guy that like everyone knows or none of my bandmates have ever like we all like just kind of do our thing and like i go to tons of shows and other people i've been in bands with go to shows and like support the scene and all that but i just like a lot of people like know each other like it's or it seems like a lot you're just like how does everyone know it's like you know maybe it's because i keep to myself a little more but i don't even think so so but i relate to that like i've been like yeah, like this shit's fire. I don't know why, you know, uh, more people might not be aware of it in your immediate area or something. But, mm -hmm. but you know, I think that's changing quickly. Yeah. I mean, I think so too. And I think yeah. we kind of operate the same way that you're talking about. Like yeah. we kind of, we're all kind of just people that keep to ourselves really. Like mm -hmm. we have friends, but we're not the people that know fucking everybody in the scene, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's cool and all. Like everybody's different, but we're not social butterflies but i think yeah if you make good fucking music people are gonna listen for sure yeah for sure yeah and i'm not i'm not saying you guys are this but like there's a definite there's a definite like uh difference between like hardcore kids uh who i have all the love for in the world and like uh, maybe like death metal heads who are strictly like old head kind of whatever yeah. and i feel like a lot of like more like uh death metally people or just that stay on the extreme metal side of things um are like introvert weird not weirdos but you know what i you mean like they're weird. not they're not out yeah whatever they're not like you know on on twitter all day and like you know or what doing yeah. whatever the fuck paying attention to shit you know etc yeah, totally. so so I, i've always felt like i straddle that line a little bit <laughs> you know? yeah i mean I, I go to shows and like i have no problem going to a show alone you know that's the because, best thing in the world well a lot of people yeah. wouldn't and like yeah. i would go alone because like I would just engage with the band more. Yeah. I would like, I mean, unless it was a really aggressive show and I literally like couldn't even look at the band because I'm like worried about getting hit in the face or some yeah. shit. But, um, I mean, for the most part, like I go to shows to like see someone perform. Yeah. Like the moshing, like I guess comes second. Like if it really like has to happen. Yeah. Depends but, on the show. I love watching people like beat the shit out of each uh, other. Oh I yeah. Love it's great. Shit. And luckily scalp has parts where, if you play with tsunami or going through something like yeah, those yeah. kids are gonna you know it's the violence will happen in some good kind of way you know it's funny like when i was a kid growing up i would like kind of introduce people to kind of the hardcore scene and stuff but i would kind of say like oh it's not really how it looks mm -hmm. and then as i got older i just kind of started being like oh yeah it's so fun like people just beat the shit out of each other it's awesome it's great there's something like i would never do it like i remember like I remember hardcore, I sound like a fucking, I'm not trying to be this person. I remember in like 2002-ish or three, like going to like Hope Conspiracy shows and like shit like that. And I would like hardcore dance and like, I remember going to Throwdown shows and shit. Yeah. You know, you guys know Throwdown. They're your uh, yeah, hometown heroes. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, so, but I would never get close to that these days, man. I couldn't, I could never, I would be so afraid of just like 
getting like one kick to the fucking like face or or just like you know I don't know man I'd rather I, but all all day I'll watch people just like yeah I've actually already had <laughs> like my face broken no yeah so you you've been through it you don't yeah I have a a screw in the front here and then a like a, a plate underneath my eye yeah wow. I got I got hit in the eye and so hard that it broke my orbit what show was that at. Uh, Winds of Plague. Oh <laughs> man, I do you know it's so. Funny? So it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it, dude. You know what's so best funny? show of my life? I played with so many shows with Winds of Plague, like the city did. Um, one show was the weirdest I remember. I mean, we played like showcase theater with them a handful of times, like oh, yeah. you know places like uh, like Lancaster. We'd end up doing shows like weird spots, um, but we did one show in 2004 with them at like someone's mansion in Orange County. We played outside. I doubt you were there by any stretch, but like it was the weirdest thing ever. I remember that um, really vividly. But awesome. wow, what you know, what a band! I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say about Winds of Plague, but uh, it was I, worth getting your face broken. I'm not really sure. Would you say it was worth it? I mean, it happened. I don't really regret yeah. anything. Would you rather it have been like a hate breed show? I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, like, I'm no matter, <laughs> it's like. It's funny because people say like, "Oh, who is playing?" and it's like, it doesn't matter who is playing. I got hit. I know in the it face. doesn't matter. I'm just so curious. But, it, but it's funny it's, now. Now yeah. every time I tell the story, I have to bring up <laughs> Winds of Plague. You know, like, oh, I got my fucking face smashed. Like, oh, that's hard as fuck. Like, yeah. who is playing? Like, yeah. like it must You're have been like, like Suicide Silence. Actually, yeah. I fuck with Suicide yeah. Silence. Oh, like, dude, they're my friend. Hard. I toured them. Uh, trust me, I'm not hating on any of this stuff. By the way, like, yeah, yeah. the Johnny guy from Winds of Plague was always a super nice dude. Like back before they blew up, we were doing shows together though, like in, in SoCal. But yeah. Suicide Silence, yeah, I toured with them uh, numerous times, but one time for eight weeks straight. But the, yeah, those are my dudes. Yeah, dude, like um, the the first like metal metal like shit that really got me into like grind, etc., was my older cousin in Corona gave me like a bunch of MP3s, like un like untitled MP3s, just like track one through a billion, yeah. you know, and then. There was that and then the band's name on my like green metallic iPod mini. Yeah. And I listened to this shit on the bus. And the first band that was like sick to me was Suicide Silence. And it was their demo. Oh, and it yeah, was, with all it the was family like, guy samples and shit. Yes, all the yeah, family yeah, guy samples. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was in that era and like going to showcase, that's what got me into it. Like all this yeah. shit. Yeah. That's when I toured with them. It was like 2005, 2006, I think. Did they um, have the drummer with the mask on at that time? We did play a show uh, with them when he was in it, like one or two, but it was it was it was mostly right after Dirty joined and uh, Alex. You know, we call him Dirty, but yeah, it was right after he joined. And, okay, uh, yeah, but anyways, that was a you know that was like a magical time, like um, you know just all those bands. Like it's not that I was a big fan of them, but uh, it's just that like early to mid two thousand, you know. Uh, scene was crazy like i mean i played all those shows with like job for a cowboy the faceless all that shit went on yeah. all those tours we all liked metalcore at some point there's no shame everybody needs to just get over it's like it. hot foil we're shirts. all fucking into it hot foil <laughs> shirt right, is scalp gonna bring back the hot foil dude hot foil yeah you know like yeah. remember all those bands what? would do like foil printing on their shirts like like gold oh. like shiny shit even oh. animosity did it and that was dope the, uh, this city but, is burning like merch i don't, rec- like, I don't know what that like is. the stay brutal and like stay faded. I can't recall it, but it probably is what. Stay I'm positive. About. Okay. You don't remember that no, at all? It was no. like in, in that like Urban Outfitters like font, some shit. 
totally don't know. Total like what MySpace's peak. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. That era, like those band, like so many bands did did the hot foil printing. Man, it was a big thing. We toured with the Acacia Strain back then. Through the Eyes of the Dead, everyone on that tour had foil. Early foil, through the baby. Eyes of the Dead was fucking banging. Yeah, that first EP is cool. Yeah, dude, that first impending doom uh, demo is fucking awesome too. Never heard that one. Really? I never really heard that band much. Actually, yeah. I don't think we crossed paths much. But uh, but yeah, anyways, man, fucking ace. Um, I don't know where we were going with that. Oh, you got your nose broken. You yeah, your shows would be violent. Your shows would be cool. Yeah, is there is there anywhere else you'd want to tour? Do you have your sets, uh, your sights set on anything else besides West Coast? I mean, we want to go everywhere, but honestly, like. We feel old. We're really not that old, but we feel old. Like we've we've already toured around the U.S. like doing DIY tours like a couple times, and like it was exhausting. Yeah. But um, not that that really crushed our spirit or anything. Like I, I think that touring in Scalp would have a better like attendance and everything, and like I feel sure. like people would want to help out. And also, we haven't ever toured as like a hardcore band, so I mean. I, I like the community like coming together and doing stuff for you is a lot different than like being a pop band like hey you've never heard of us help us out oh yeah 100 percent. so yeah. um while we think it'd be fun it's just we're getting to this point like where we all have like a lot more responsibilities now and like number one for us is like writing music and recording like yeah like that's what we love doing and um it seems that oftentimes us rehearsing for shows would always be like kind of the thing that holds us back from like writing more music because we're always kind of like interested in doing the next thing. Yeah, no, I hear that. I think that's a totally valid, valid like position, you know, in a band or whatever. And, you know, um, you know, I think if scalp did play, it would be, it would be cool, but, but I get that. I mean, a lot of bands, you know, you got to take it one step at a time, but a lot of bands like, get away with being a super legit you know well-known band that can play fucking 15 shows a year if they want you know what i mean like you don't have to be hitting the fucking road non-stop or anything but i was curious totally yeah i will say this i want to go to fucking japan really bad cruelty i want to fucking hang out <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> really do for sure man yeah i've i've toured there three times now and it's the, it's by far the sickest. And that band Friendship, they're like a Japanese band. Yeah, they're on Southern Lord. Okay, I haven't heard them. Friendship, yeah, yeah. they're just like really I like that name. Fucking, they're like Friendship. they're like the heaviness of Zabalba, but like with like but picked up and like really okay. they go from like really fucking fast to like yeah. really like doomy and slow. That's and, cool. Uh, yeah, it's really it's really fucking cool. Um, you should watch. Uh, like listen to the records because they they all like just sound like their mixes are just everything just to to like fucking a hundred yeah and it's super intense but they're <laughs> that's exactly how they, like their live shows sound like there's this one video that's from the angle of like right near the guitar um and it's like three orange calves and two orange heads Jesus. and he's playing like a Les Paul and it just it just sounds crushing um yeah that band kills and they seem to be like one of those bands that doesn't really like communicate or like with their fans or like promote themselves a right, lot. Right. But, um, yeah, they just, when they do something, it just fucking hits hard. That's awesome. Yeah. And Japanese venues sound like so huge, even small rooms. There sounds, their sounds are cool. so great. So that'd be, that'd be rad seeing them there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so with, you know, 
the fact that COVID's been a thing and the record came out six months ago and there's only so much you can like do online to push a record without shows like have you started writing new shit at all new material yeah definitely um i feel like you could always kind of count that scalps um writing music yeah it's just the process is probably a little bit slower than it once was i feel like we were more productive actually before the pandemic i mean that's the case for a lot of bands but oh, yeah, yeah. i mean i've been I, i've had the chance to actually work on like my guitar playing a lot more so this next record i think is going to be a little bit more i I think we've all like had some time with you know being in this band and learning like what we want to do and like basically just like playing faster and like playing more precise and um i don't know i've been yeah just just working on like my musicianship and like just being a good guitarist lately yeah well, that's, I mean, that's rad. It's giving you the time to focus on that, too. I yeah, mean, totally. And, you know, I think you're right, too. I mean, it, it was harder for a while. You know, now that the vaccine's pretty readily available in the States, it's one thing. But before that, it's like people didn't want to get together, let alone in a small, you know, insulated room, you know, and playing with masks on sucks. And so I think a lot of mm-hmm. bands just kind of chilled out, did their own thing. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. Um, is, are there any going to be any kind of like stylistic differences are you or like in in your new shit in your next record do you think you're going to do any make any other bold i mean leaps i don't know we <laughs> even really thought about this i mean i'll i'll go ahead and say that it's in a different tuning for sure we're lower so really? what, what are you going to be in uh full set lower so yeah. we yeah we uh domestic extremity was in uh c standard but now we're playing in drop a sharp so. um Wow, yeah, that's uh, that's heavy as fuck. Well, and the and the that's tone, low. the tone is a lot more like um, a little hotter, I'd say. Like our last record, mm-hmm. kind of like was had a lot of like low mids in there. I mean, we, we use a Model T, um, like a power amp distortion into a, a Marshall, and then like like a chunky orange amp. So mm-hmm. it, it was it was like a thick guitar tone, and it was really explosive. But this next one, I think, is gonna have a lot more like presence and bite and just be like kind of nastier yeah. i don't know um i'm using a uh like a science hellhawk a 200 watt science hellhawk with the dunnable guitar and those science amps are crazy they are crazy yeah yeah they're too loud it's kind of awesome they're loud as fuck yeah my buddy um has one and uh yeah it's bananas i played through it and uh loud as fuck you could be on like not even at one and it's like pretty great Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Luckily, I have an attenuator on the yeah, back, yeah, so I'm able to, that. like, just crank up the front yeah. and the power, and then I'll just dial in the volume on yeah. the back, so it still has, like, the sound of the power amp and everything. God someone, you know, rubs against that yeah, knob. Yeah, yeah. Woo, in the back, yeah. Everyone's ears start bleeding. Yeah, just sure. everyone dies, yeah. Um, are you going to push the sound in a certain, like, uh, direction, stylistically more? Like, it's um, going to be more death metal, it's going to be more whatever. I don't know. I think I think the the death metal kind of theme of the band isn't going away. I feel like I feel like the death metal theme kind of gets a little sprinkled over everything that yeah. we do. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like we we write like not with that mentality. It kind of just comes out. And I think it's honestly from like being like fucking like death into like deathcore and like death metal shit anyway. Well, just other shit. I'm sure you guys listen yeah. to all kinds of stuff, but I mean um, this record's gonna be faster. It's gonna have like maybe more like 
I don't know, harder beat down parts and shit. Nice. But we also want to like <laughs> have more variation. We we want to go into our next recording session with having more songs than will end up on the record. Mm-hmm. Like we want to have some tracks that we put in our back pocket for maybe another time or. That's always smart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're probably we wanted to record, like, we kind of had in our mind that we would record once a year, but mm-hmm. that doesn't really seem to be our pace at the time. Yeah. So I think what we're going to do is take take a little bit more time and just have some extra songs and then really like play with um, like track listing and figuring out like what we want in the next record. But I think we're going to have a little bit more just like kind of just straightforward grindy songs is kind of what because we already have enough kind of like groovy songs written or like songs with like release and like breakdown where it, it feels like it yeah, resolves. opens up. And, yeah, yeah, but there I feel like now we need need those like just get in get out just like super fucking fast super hard yeah with like keeping it like tight without just like exploding yeah it reminds me those parts on at least domestic extremity like it reminds me so much of like newer napalm death specifically oh really like yeah like like um do, do you fuck with that apex predator record by that i mean i i really like I only got into Napalm Death really after recording Domestic Extremity. Yeah, but if you haven't heard this one record, I think there's a second to most recent. Like, I'll play it for you because it's just bananas. I'm sure you'll hear it and you'll be like, oh, Jesus. Like, <laughs> that's like very scalpy. You know? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. But I love that quality of the band. It reminded me of that right away when I heard it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Harmony Corruption is like one of my favorites. And then yeah. something to Obliteration is pretty sick. They have so many records. I mean, they've been around since, you know, Carcass. Since yeah. Since early fucking UK days. But, uh, like, I want to be a band that puts out a lot of records, but holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Those bands that have been around for, like, 30 years now, 40 years. Crazy. Yeah. But uh, do you ever think of uh, adding a second guitar player at all? Like, I think you should. I'm just curious. I would always want to. Like, it would be really cool to write the second guitar parts mm-hmm. and get that done, but... It's just another fucking person that we have to, like, keep in contact. It's yeah, just, like, yeah. more work. Shit would be great, like, as a three-piece or a two-piece. Like, that's just awesome. It's you like, want minimalism. You just want things oh, to be yeah. I mean, we want things yeah. to just, like, make sense and work. Yeah. We don't want to, like, have to deal with, like, figuring out, I don't know, any of that shit. Yeah. Just yeah. sounds like a lot more work. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, okay, that probably answers that. Do you, uh, w- since you're a gearhead, are you going to play with like a, a second cab live? Like, so there's cabs on both sides. I already played with two. You already? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, actually what we're doing up here is like, so we have all like 70s Ampeg cabs. Um, we're getting one of like the regular size V4 um, Ampeg cabs for me. And then like one of the, one of the tall stacks is going to, become like a bass 412 like an oversized bass 412 i was so gonna say have you ever played your guitar through bass heads have you done that um like through a v4 with pedals and shit yeah i mean uh, our demo was done with a v4 okay i gotcha. i had a v4 and i pretty much only ran the power section on it because mm-hmm. that sounded good just sounded like beefy and loud mm-hmm. but yeah dude i love i love the v4 it's just like i'm kind of like a one amp guy yeah. now yeah. like maybe like one or two I still rock the 5150. It's just like, well, it never steered me wrong. But um, yeah, those things like from what I hear, like they don't break. Mine hasn't broken. Yeah. And my friend Laura, who's had hers, um, 
she's had her for like 12 years and it has not one issue. It's just crazy. I think it overheated once, but that wasn't its fault. It was, you know, the venue's fault, all mm-hmm. that shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so in terms of the songwriting, like, <clears throat> do you write most of the stuff or is it super collaborative? Like, do you um, write at practice or do you come to practice? With, so like, with I usually songs? come in with riffs yeah. and that's kind of like the direction that we go into, but mostly we're the most productive when everyone's there and everyone's kind of like putting in their two cents and then Interesting. we like we, we get a flow with each other and then like we're able to write a whole song like in a day or at least most of a song yeah um but for the most part like i pretty much supply the riffs and then we kind of like literally like rogers will sing like nonsense mm. and then that nonsense <laughs> like yeah, turns, into, turns into like a rhythm and then the rhythm yeah. t- will turn into a like lyrics and stuff like that and him and i usually work on like the concepts for the song and like what i'm what i'm thinking and um what i'm thinking about when i was writing the song usually like i'll give like the song a name title because um like that's what i was thinking of when i was like on the riffs yeah yeah really and then and then we usually work on the lyrics together like a lot of us have worked on the lyrics together interesting man that's so collaborative that's like I'm, I'm so not used to that. I mean, I've I'll collaborate with like one person, or it'll be like that. But people will just kind of like uh, I don't know. The whole like group band practice thing has been um, in terms of writing a song there has been so lost on me for so many years. I don't know why. I think the only song that I like I wrote music wise from beginning to end was Bastardland, mm-hmm. and that was that was just like I remember I was I was um I, I got new speakers for a cab and I was breaking them in. So I was like, all right, I'm going to play for six hours today Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to like, I didn't want to go into another, a a practice and and have it sound weird. Hmm. And like, cause it would bug me. It'd be too distracting. Um, so yeah, I went in there and played for like six hours. So I was like playing over and over again, like trying to figure out (laughs) other riffs for it. But yeah, um, that's probably the only song I did from beginning to end. But like I said, most songs like, get done from us, you know, putting some shit on the table and arranging it and figuring out how we're going to execute it all together. Yeah. Cool. Like everyone comes up with pretty fucking awesome ideas. And like the biggest part, like you were saying with the drumming, that's awesome. is like Luke, Luke is such a fan of like all heavy music. Mm. Like he, he has like zero judgment and he's like so open to like all kinds of heavy music like yeah nothing a lot of the diversity of the records because of his drumming for yeah sure. and honestly his willingness to try different things and like you know if we say hey try this like he'll just try it and if yeah. you know we can think of if he feels like he could think of something better then like we'll go with it but we he doesn't like as far as drummers go he's like the most like bendable flexible like down dude Whereas, like, yeah. I feel like most drummers are like, this is my thing. This is Defensive. what I do. Like, yeah. no, but you're playing that, so I'm going to play this. Drummers are touchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah drummers yeah. drummers can be, like... They're so rare, and they're so touchy, too. Yeah, so yeah. So sensitive, yeah. No, but... Uh, um, oh, shit, I had a question about that. Uh, collaborating. Anyways, no, did you have a thought on that? I don't know if you were pushing I, it to him because I of mean, that. I uh, mean, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. You what don't you have got? to. No, 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 no. I was just so, um, and, uh, oh, this was, a, I remember now, this is what I was going to ask. Um, because you're so collaborative, does that, do you end up like recording live the music 
all of it, or do you track you track singularly? We've um, oh, you need the mic. <laughs> we we've never recorded live like any band yeah. that we've ever done. Like we've yeah. it sounds live, and I mean that as a compliment. Like it sounds like there's tight. like an energy to it. Yeah, it's very tight, but it's also like well, I think that comes from two different things. It's one like first. Okay, we, we don't record live because, like, we want our record to sound good sonically, like, mm -hmm. every instrument to get, like, its full spectrum. Because, like, yeah. when you record live, obviously, like, there's going to be bleed. Yeah, and then it's hard to mix those if, individual if you, instruments. Yeah, you, you, like, want more more bass on the guitar, or, or, like, let's say you want more, like, high-end on the guitar, then you're adding high-end to, like, the cymbals coming yeah, in. You're adding high-end yeah. to uh, maybe the bass or, like, something somewhere else that you don't want it. So it's, like, it's way more... Um, I don't want to say easier, but it, it you can accomplish a lot more by tracking separately. But at the same time, we we map out all our songs to a click before we go to record. So we rehearse it to a click because I map it out on on a Reaper. Does Luke to record to a click? Yeah. Cool. So we we all record to a click, but we have been practicing to that click. Yeah. So you're so, right and you're locked right into like how you're exactly you're going to record. It. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Because we're not because if you like if we let's say like mapped out all those tempos with Taylor, mm -hmm. like our first day that we went in, yeah. we would all have to adjust to that tempo because naturally you're not going to play like like a metronome and like perfect timing. You you're going to have like variation that you're already used to and comfortable listening to over and over in your in like let's say like your voice memos or something but like that's what just made us really tight going into recording was knowing like being being really used to those tempo changes and being really used to um i guess playing in time yeah well it also sounds like it was pretty well rehearsed too uh yeah we yeah, wanted I mean. we wanted to go in like knowing that we could land all those parts not wasting a ton of money also yeah just like taking forever because you weren't prepared i mean we literally dropped dropped our project onto um taylor's computer yeah. and that it was the same click yeah yeah that, that we're that we were used to that's easy i totally know what you're talking about yeah we, i've done similar things in past records yeah um i remember what i was gonna say earlier too i was gonna make a joke saying like that the uh the long ass drum roll was that luke's idea or your idea <laughs> Your weird. idea? Yeah. yeah. I was curious. I pushed the band to do like weird shit that yeah. everyone's like, no, I love it. About I just, at first. I have this idea in my mind. He's like, yo, I got an idea. <laughs> How about a 45 second long drum roll? Dude? No, that was you definitely I mean? not his fucking idea. <laughs> I was like, yo, just it. try this. I and like, it. I just thought like, let's just build tension to where like, yeah, that's exactly if, what it's If done. you hear this for the first time, like you have no clue like what's coming, but yeah. you just hear like a really soft drum roll and, and like, well, part like that gives like it a very grinding waiting quality for something too. to happen. Yeah, like yeah. spastic, like, you know what I mean? Just like, holy shit, you know, it, it keeps you on your toes. But parts like that bring out the grind in the band, I feel like. Nice, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But, uh, yeah, do you guys have, like, a, a a dream show or a dream tour? If you were to do a short tour or something like that. Like a dream bill? Yes. Or, like, tour package? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think, I think Cole knows. I mean... I would say nails for sure. Um, who else? Nails, Gulch, Cruelty, Us, off the top of my head. Yeah. Like, I think that would just be yeah. fucking bananas. And you guys would headline, obviously. No. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my God, no. Nobody yeah. headlines. Yeah, no one headlines. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. That's interesting, man. Every band that we've ever toured with, we've always like, swapped. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, goddamn, that would be a monster of, of a bill. That'd be crazy. What do you? How do you feel about that, Devin? Do you agree? I mean, I've always, I've always like wanted to see Gulch, let alone play with them. You never seen them? Never seen them. Oh shit! But I think it was just every time that they could play, like tickets were expensive in Orange County or something. Yeah. Or I don't know. It just festival it, or something. Yeah, it never yeah, worked out. Yeah. But like, yeah, dude, Gulch, tsunami, fucking. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and obviously cruelty. Cruelty's coming over to us soon. Hopefully, yeah. As like, as they're shit, they're, they're, they, they're they, trying to figure it out. Yeah, it sounds like they got someone helping them out and shit. Um, so I'm sure they'll make it over here. It'll probably be centered around some kind of festivals, you know, when they come back, whatever, you know, kind of hardcore festivals and stuff like that. Maybe they'll just do. Nice. I don't know. They'll probably link up with someone and do different runs, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, we. To be honest, like there are bands that like a lot of people say like you should play with this band you should play with this band because based on our sound mm -hmm. and that's super cool but i think it's also like important that we like start making those relationships and connections like with our own like i guess southern california bands and stuff yeah you know like um i was just gonna ask you about that i was gonna say like like what's the what's the kind of temperature the status of like this socal scene Cause it's such a weird like there's so many different territories yeah it's, it's always changing i feel like well i couldn't really tell you because i haven't really been involved in it besides like listening to records and playing music but i haven't been as involved in like going to the shows and knowing what what the scene and what the what the tone is yeah but i would say that like my writing style and like our sound is very influenced by like the late 2000s like early 2010s um kind of like metallic hardcore scene that came like when um it was like aladdin jr and the glass house and when the smell was doing like really good hardcore yeah. bills and stuff I and remember when, playing out aladdin jr dude. Yeah, yeah i mean you know we funny. do that dnf cover dnf was another mm -hmm. big one for us like when weekend nachos was big dead in the dirt was still touring i remember i saw dead in the dirt and weekend nachos at some fucking like random warehouse in LA that was just like full yeah. chaos. That That's was rad. awesome. But I mean, le we're inspired by that, but that scene doesn't really exist anymore. And I, and I feel like our band kind of fits more in with that era, but like, we don't, I, I, I don't think that, I think we fit in with the orange County scene and like the Southern California scene, but I just don't think a lot of bands are playing like death metal inspired, like, nasty hardcore like yeah like we are like it seems to be more of like a bay area and like colorado and like i don't know colorado well i mean just colorado death metal in general okay yeah yeah sure sure yeah i guess there is a, a, a good amount of that yeah, but like a feather and bone yeah comes to mind or like texas too well, i think like, dark descent runs out of colorado too that yeah. label they're mm -hmm. fucking like one of my favorite death metal labels for sure yeah um yeah, man, because, you know, I've never really, like, been able to get a proper gauge on Southern California. I mean, back in the days of Suicide Silence and all those bands, like, every show was popping. But then I've played a lot of, like, proper L.A. shows since that era that are just, like, weird. Like, it's, yeah. like I don't know what people aren't willing to travel. It just ends up, like, the good shows are, like, the real off-the-beaten-path shows. But, like, playing some kind of venue in L.A. is, like, not a good idea. Yeah. Unless you're big. Shit moves you know? fast, too. Yeah. Like, I feel like the attention span is a lot different down where we live yeah. too. And like also like in the real, like local DIY stuff, like there's a lot of bands that are just short lived 
too. Mm-hmm. Just like venues that are short. Yeah, venues too. As I well. also think people in in LA generally, meaning like from the Valley to OC, right, are like unwilling to travel. You yeah, know, like for, don't you think for like for like local shows, for like people aren't going to go like. I mean, for for what I know in LA from a lot of friends, I mean, maybe it's because I'm a little bit older or something. Like, people won't even go from West Hollywood to like Silver Lake. They're like, it's it's fucking two miles down Sunset. Yeah. What? It's fucking spread out. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of when you get into LA proper. It's fucking traffic. Yeah. Yeah, LA is rough, but with Orange County, like, there really isn't much like to do. Yeah. Like as far as venues go. Sure. Like, I mean. Like shout out per- play the cool venues or like play there's play chain, the right? Like yeah. Chain yeah, and then program 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 yeah. is a fucking godsend. They're great. Like, yeah. Best place ever. Yeah. Can't say anything. I can't I'm sure that's where you'll enough. play when yeah. you play your first show back. It's yeah. Like it seems to be the place. That's kind of the idea. Scalp has played program once, yeah. which has been nice. Devin and I've played there a shitload in other bands. Yeah. That was cool. We opened and we just had our demo out and it went off. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Well, I can only imagine what this will be like. Oh shit, hear some sirens. Welcome to Oakland. Um, but yeah, uh, that'll be crazy. If you do a first LA show, I'm definitely like, gonna drive down for that. LA Let's show? See. Yeah, I mean, you know, like wherever down there. The mm. first show back, I'm gonna go down to for yeah. sure. We're trying to put something um, together at Constellation Room. Okay. Um, just if we could get a good enough. That's build. Santa Ana, right? Yeah. 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 Just if we could get a good enough build to basically like meet the demand of that room but i don't know if it's going to be like half capacity or full i don't really want to do a show at yeah. half capacity maybe we would want to wait but um yeah we're, we're definitely looking forward to like playing together and building relationships with like you know just that local scene like dare and momentum and yeah uh, entry and um just like all the people down there you know that we, we, we talk practice so many people too. they're not exactly yeah. similar to you guys yeah, but you know um I mean, similar enough, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty grindy, more, way more punk though. But, uh, yeah, there's some cool, but I'm super out of touch about bands down there. I feel like I'm obviously very tapped into the Bay area and like, you know, shit like that. But, uh, it seems like what's really going on everywhere, like all the time is a lot of people like put together like a power violence demo or something that happens all the time. What? And then just break up. I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, (laughs) it's like every, every fucking week. It's like a new power violence tape. And it's, it's, yeah. I like LPs, man. I like a record. I love tapes. I love seven inches. I love all that shit. Yeah, I, I know mean, stylistically for power violence, it's like not all about that shit. But yeah. yeah, and when you get together and like are putting together a band, like a like a I guess a product or like a release for the yeah. for your first one, you're not gonna be like, all right, here we go. We're gonna do a double LP. Yeah, like exactly. it's it's gonna be like, hey, let's it's let's write move. a few songs yeah. and put it out so that we could actually play shows. Yeah, yeah dude, triple disc. Yeah, first first release, twenty six songs. I'd be like, it. I don't know if I'd even take a band like that seriously. I love when records back in the nineties like all had like nineteen tracks. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that was like the thing. You would go to Warehouse or Tower Records and buy CDs and be like, this has twenty three tracks on it. I immediately think of you ever get in that band Nazem? They're from Finland. I know Nazem. Um, uh, but I never like explored their yeah. discography. There, there's that I forget the name of the album, but it's that one with the the gas mask wedding. You know, that's uh-huh. in like Eastern Europe or something. But that record is, has so many goddamn songs on it. But they're all aren't they really short? They're all really short. I feel like a minute. That's a different thing. Yeah, 
But and also they fucking slap like that yeah. band fucking yeah. rules. Yeah, like, Isn't that the, the dirt records like a bunch of tracks, but they're all like thirty seconds. Yeah, I mean that's a whole different. I'm talking about like when you're talking forty five minute records. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it does kind of like I, I see the perspective of like let's say like a few songs that are really long or like a lot of songs that are really short, it does get, get exhausting. Like stop, go, stop, go. Sure. Sure. Like, um, unless they all flow really seamlessly. Yeah. They have to flow. Yeah. And they obviously have, it Your has record to flows be a good really track well. listing. Song, song. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I think of ceremony, like that violence, violence record, like that record fucking rules. Like, there's a lot of really good songs on that, but every single one is... This is probably a really fucking unpopular opinion because people love that band, and I do too, but, yeah, like, I can't listen to that record, like, all at once because it's it really too, short, too, like, too the whole much. time. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I get that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I love short songs, but, yeah, but, it's, it's got to have a flow. You yeah. Know? In a playlist, those songs are fucking sick. What's interesting is, like, the rap world is, like, if like you'll notice, like, that... It's shorter and shorter songs like rap songs used to be like four minutes or like three verses three yeah. four hooks you know and uh and now it's like it's all about the streaming for them mm-hmm. so it's like you'll get like 50 second songs and like six interludes per record you're like you motherfuckers like you know what i mean i mean i love hip-hop it's my favorite but you see these records you're like damn that's like eight minutes total of music or something you know like on an lp do you think like, like it's getting crazy out there like people's attention spans are just shortening Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like constantly what I think about if you look at the streams, like even your record, any it's, it's no band is free from this. Yeah. Um, and I've studied it across 70 plus releases now of my own, Mm. like people rarely get to the last track on streaming. Like if they do Mm -hmm. like, so the first four tracks of your record got to slap hard. Yeah. Like, cause that's mostly what people listen to. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting, man. Like so many people just don't, have the, even if it's a 20 minute LP, they just, I don't know. They can't, you know, you yeah. see where they skip. You see all that shit. It shows you. YouTube shows you. Bandcamp shows you all of it. And you're just like, these assholes out there. Know. You know, it's like, I mean, this, maybe I'm different. I'm just used to like listening to a record. Not everybody appreciates music the same way, but also it's like. This is also just streaming, by the way. Yeah. I mean, you've sold like lots of records too. And that's people mm. listen to those records fully. Not yeah. everyone streams yeah. shit the same yeah. way. But, but it's uh, like that information too. It's like, man, was I meant to know this? You know, it, like, it does feel like that often. It's very uh, demoralizing. Yeah, more often than not, you know. Yeah. But it's interesting. I'd rather have it than not. I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. Fascinating. I, I mean, I guess it is useful in the yeah. long run. Yeah, even if it does hurt your feelings a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but uh, we're very yeah. sensitive. <laughs> Who's not? Everyone is. Even the tough guys. Even the hardest beat down bands. They're sensitive. I'm not sensitive too. at all. You're not. You're not. You're, yeah. You've been awake for seventy two hours, man. Yeah. Yeah, what you're so you're like a paramedic? No, I'm an EMT. Or EMT, yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, yeah, you're around the clock. How are you? you just do you like Red Bull or anything? Or you're a coffee drinker, obviously. You have to be. I drink coffee, but to be honest, I only drink like maybe a cup a day. Try to stay hydrated. Yeah. Honestly, the only thing that kind of gets me through like sleeping less and doing that is exercise. It's really? the only thing that like actually kicks me into gear because it'll actually reset my clock yeah. and basically. It'll give me energy when I need it, but then it'll make me like want to recovery, like go yeah. into recovery mode and get sleep. Yeah. Because once I, so your body probably shuts down way easier for those three hours. That's like good sleep. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or like, um, 
like what I usually do is I'll get off a 24 hour shift and I'll go do jujitsu. And yeah. then when I get off, like I'll take a bath. And by that time I'm Dude. like, I'm ready to go to fucking bed. Yeah. Damn, you go hard, man. That's awesome. I'm envious, man. I haven't moved my body that much for the whole quarantine for the whole COVID. But, uh, that's dude. It also sounds like you're built for touring. Just sounds like, yo, hop in the van, dude, do those overnight drives. You're good. Honestly, Devin only needs two hours. Wake his ass back up. Dude. We just drove <laughs> six hours and I was like, when's it going to fucking end? Well, that drives boring as shit. Cause it is boring five, as right? shit, but like, what drives not boring as shit? There's I some mean, drives like, that are pretty fucking awesome. Okay, like going up to through like Utah, the PNW. Through, yeah, yeah. You know, there's some like oh, even up to Portland's pretty nice. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But I think so. Like <laughs> I used to love driving, but now I kind of just I I don't mind it. Like I don't hate it, but yeah. I don't enjoy it anymore. I still just, love it, especially alone because it's one of my most. <laughs> it's one of my only uninterrupted times to listen to music. Oh yeah, where it's yeah. like you're not texting, you're not on your phone, you're not on your laptop. Like I listen to music all fucking day. Like I truly do. Yeah, like, either records or I'm listening online to stuff. But um, but when you're in your car, it's a different zone you go in. Especially you know you've got the window that you're smoking your road trip. It's fucking great. Yeah. You just like I get into records heavily on road trips. I like. You know, I'll dive in. I'll, I'll set like eight records aside that I really want. I'm like, listen to this from front to back. Yeah, Speaking of streaming, yeah. I get to the last track. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Respect. important. <laughs> yeah. Not trying to brag, people. But uh, yeah. But, but anyways. Also, too, it's like you create memories, too. Like yeah. if you're traveling, like oh, yeah. a record. Like I have plenty of records that like. You associate I, with certain I drives. I certain not trips. think about like yeah. a certain spot on a tour in the past. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. And I just think it's good. It gives you time to think. You know, we're so on our phones every free second we get. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah. Well, yo, this has been dope. Um, I keep them pretty short these days because, again, most people will get 10 minutes to do this thing. Props if you made it this far. Yeah. But, uh, but any, uh, you know, kind of conclusive wrap up thoughts you have? Obviously, uh, scalpoc.bandcamp.com. Check that out for the third pressing of Domestic Extremity some sick colors you'll see them there's a uk europe variant through nuclear family which is really dope super sick. um but yeah anything else you want to plug or or say before we sign off here and when is this up? uh probably monday okay gotcha. yeah we're just fucking happy hell yeah like yeah thank you i like the positivity yeah oh hey my know. pleasure man. yeah I man mean, uh, thank you for letting me fuck with the record i mean it's, it's one of my yeah, favorites of it's, and it's phenomenal it's really great yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you for um, basically immediately just being down to work with us. And working with you from the beginning has been just like an easy like process. And like communicating is easy and that's kind of rare. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, someone recently <clears throat> who you introduced me to asked me like, so I'm curious, like, what made you, like, take a chance on this band? Like, like put out an LP, like, go through the whole thing, drop merch, for a new do all band this stuff. For a new, that's my point. Like, a new band that hasn't played many shows or, if any, like, really in this formation of this real band. And I was like, because the record was sick enough. Like, if the record's good enough, I won't ne I'll never pass it up unless it's truly, like, a one-person thing that they're never going to... Like, you know what I mean? I knew the band was, like, a band. But also, like, yeah, it was just so good. I'm like... I'm going to press this no matter what, you know what I mean? I mean, it, amazingly, it's done great. Not amazingly, like surprisingly, but fortunately it's done great. You know, yeah. people have really responded to it, but, and that's just even greater, but I would have put it out regardless because the record slaps that hard. I'm just going to put it out there. 
But that's the answer to that dude's question who asked me that. Thanks, dude. Yeah, of course. Well, yo, Scalp. Scalp, I'm just going to call you Scalp for the sake of the podcast. But uh, thank you for stopping by and doing this. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, uh, more news soon. More news coming. And as soon as COVID is over, expect Scalp near town, especially if you're in California. Yeah. Peace. Thank you.